When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is March 14th, and this is the Bruins Beat, presented by FanDuel on CLNS Media. And welcome back into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. I hope you guys are having a great day, a great week. And on this episode, we get into the big question. Is it time to panic? Bruins have lost two of three. The power play has gone stale. Been stale for a long time. So Connor Ryan and I get into everything to do with that, whether or not you should panic, um, and what the Bruins could potentially do to get their power play going. We also get into Jim Montgomery, messing with the lines, doing different things, putting people in different places and what we think of that. And then finally, we close out the show with some playoff ticket price talk, which always gets the people going. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan presented by FanDuel. Connor, what is up? Evan? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. I just got finished uh, creating some of my March Madness brackets, which it is that time of year. The March Madness brackets. Uh, pretty incredible stuff. I think I produced two perfect brackets. No chance any of them were wrong. Humble brag. Humble brag. Huge humble brag. Uh, have you done yours yet? No, I've not done it yet. But what I do every single year is I pick Kansas to win it all. It has not worked out uh, for most of the last decade. I've been ridiculed. I've been mocked. Worked out last year. So I know it's absolutely going to work out once again in the year of our Lord 2023. So really excited to have this work out in my favor once again. Picking so. the champion again. Incredible stuff. Really. Bold move. Bold move. I think Alabama might be the team. I'll be honest, uh, Connor, in my job last year, I watched so much college basketball for the first time in my life. I felt confident when I was doing my bracket. I was like, oh, I've watched a team a bunch of times. I'm, they're great. This year, I've maybe watched parts of three college basketball games. Uh, so I cannot sit here and claim expertise on any of the games, the teams. I just look at strength of schedule, record against top 25, and close my eyes and see where my finger lands on the screen. That is Honestly, really what it comes down to. That's a better strategy. You got people who look at like, they have 48 tabs open to like all these different websites, like doing bracketology. Just pick, just pick, just, just pick a team. Just, just pick a team. It's a 50, 50 chance, right? That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, even harder to do is the NHL playoff brackets. Those are very difficult to do. I remember doing those back on NHL.com back in the day thinking, Oh, I'm an expert. I'm going to get all these right. But they made you pick how, how many games, um, little different things that make it all more difficult. But anyways, I know people are fuming that we started this podcast off talking about college basketball, but it's a big thing. It's March Madness. It's March fun Madness, t- guys. Everyone Relax. gets into it. Relax. Everyone gets into March Madness. It's a fun time of year. Uh, we know FanDuel is going to have a lot 
on March Madness. So make sure uh, to go use uh, uh, our promo code Boston uh, over there. Uh, Bruins on a little bit of a downturn, which for them is not much at all. Bruins lost two of three. Uh, Again, they almost uh, close call against Detroit on Saturday at home. Went to Detroit. Tough one down for nothing. Came back, made it a game. Good for them. Uh, but they're on a road trip. They got Chicago, Winnipeg, Minnesota, Buffalo. Quite the road trip of exotic cities coming up. This is not one. Not that's not one that you see the start of the year and you're like, I gotta gotta get tickets for this one. It's Ooh. not really the not really a murderer's row, but I family tri- family trip to Winnipeg to watch the Bruins yes. play them on a Thursday. Uh, but is it time to worry, Connor? Should people be worried? No, not really. No. Again, it's something where I think when this team has a little bit of a downturn or they had that stretch where they lost three in a row, granted it was to Florida, Tampa, and Carolina. Again, I think when this team has had uh, so few things go wrong for them, it tends to exaggerate a little bit when there is a little bit of a lull in terms of you know long-term issues or something that could really ruin this team's cup run. And again, there, there are concerning trends, right? You look at um, Bruins really did not have their legs for the first 40 minutes of that game on Sunday. I think probably the most concerning trend if you want to focus in on is the power play continues to just not have it. Um, and that's something that I think does need to be addressed. And I think maybe the concern for some Bruins fans in terms of this little lull they're in is the fact that we are a month away from the, the postseason. Again, still a month. We have 17 games to go. It's not like this team is limping into the playoffs or anything like that. Um, so I wouldn't really hit the you know, the button to go to DEFCON 1. We're not hitting the sirens in terms of a full-blown panic. Um, again, it's a long season. There are, there are concerning trends that pop up for every team. Um, they have to get sorted out. Uh, and it's something where I think you look at that power play, right? It, it's something where I think the biggest issue right now is just not enough movement with the puck. You look at the posture, not turnover led to that shorthanded goal by Cider. It's, you know, I mean, a, a brutal turnover on Posternock's part, like, of course, right? But I think it's also uh, shows a lack of movement up there where he's at the offensive blue line, really doesn't, is not doing much and it leads to an easy turnover. Like this Bruins team, that power play, you look at that personnel. Yes, they have Pasternak, they have Bergeron, they have all these guys, but a lot of those chances usually come from uh, the byproduct of a lot of puck movement, of stretching a PK out thin and finding that great AI. So far, you're just seeing not enough movement, a lot of stagnant play. Um, and again, those one or two seconds of holding on to the puck a little bit more gives an opposing PK all the time it needs to reset, to pressure the puck carrier, to collapse in around the net. All those things that just make it that much tougher for a power play to connect. So i say that's probably the most concerning trend right now. But again, got 17 games to go. You got a little bit more time. I don't think there's anything that's like, all right, we're going to the playoffs with an obvious flaw. Like there's time to sort this thing out. And you look at the Bruins power play. It's not like they're going to overhaul the entire personnel, nor are they going to, you know, tear it all down, go, you know, start from scratch with 17 games left. Like they have the pieces in place. They have the system. It's just, I think, an emphasis on more puck movement, more assertive play. And hopefully that helps them kind of break out of this extended slump they've been in. They'll be fine. Uh, In other uh, avenues, I would not worry. Um, Again, you know, you it's on the road, but Chicago is not an amazing team. Um, I, they're favored in every game. They should be at least. You have to think maybe there's a loss sprinkled in there, but this doesn't scare me too much. And I know you mentioned the playoffs are coming. I know some, as you said, are going to think, oh, 
this is it. This is the slump hitting. It's going to extend into the postseason. They're going to be screwed. Um, and again, there, as you said, there's still 17 games left. I don't think it's time uh, to hit the panic button. Now, again, if they go on the road here and lose all four games, or they finish you know, out their road trip and lose all four games, That's then, we'll be, then we'll be singing a different tune in this episode next week. But I think... I don't think that's going to happen. Um, you do mention the power play, though, and you're right. It's very stationary right now. You know, not a lot of movement. Um, and again, as we all know with power plays, the whole point is to find an open passing lane into high danger ice. They're not doing enough of that. The Poshnok turnover was not good. Put him, put himself in a weird spot, too. Like, went right to the blue line, up against the boards, puck out towards center ice, no one behind him. Just, like, really not, not a recipe for success there. Uh, but I don't think it's anything to really worry about. And I know there are going to be lots of people all over Twitter, sports radio, whatever, kind of sounding the alarm. I really don't think it is because, again, when it comes to the power play, Connor, they have the personnel. Like that power play has worked before with those guys. You have so many guys there. It just comes down to finding that um, that is the right assortment and kind of clicking at the right time. Now, maybe... You know, you, the power play goes off against a team like Chicago and builds its confidence back up. Um, I know you wrote about Orloff recently being up at the top of the key, kind of <laughs> running power play there. Do you think that a guy like Orloff or, or like who, who do you favor out of Orloff, Lindholm, McAvoy, Krejci even being at the top of that power play? Yeah, I, I think they have to stick with at least a defenseman up there. Is I think tempting as it is to have a guy like Krejci and have five forwards. You open the door to more shorthanded goals, which if your team's already in a bit of a slump on the power play, Nothing more demoralizing than giving up some shorthanded goals on top of it. Like, if the Bruins went... Well, remember that game a few weeks ago when they were 5-on-3 against the Oilers and they put out the five forwards at the end of the game and uh, the and Oilers like, had oh, the that, yeah, did, that didn't work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, if your team's already in a bit of a lull, it's almost better to not, you know, compound that by having, like, a shorthanded goal against or something like that. So I, I don't see them uh, going to the five forward. I think it's just about finding that right guy up top. So Orlov, it hasn't really lent itself to actual production yet. I've still given them a couple more games because during the last few times, it's been either disjointed or the second unit's been getting a little bit more looks or, or what have you. So I give him a little bit more of a, a look moving forward just because I think he adds a different dynamic with that shot. And it's one thing that, uh, yes, you look at teams, how they approach the Bruins uh, power play in terms of negating it. It's usually packing it in the slot, preventing the puck from getting to the bumper or getting through that scene pass to Pasternak. So it's a pretty tried and true avenue in terms of, all right, they're going to have a lot of puck possession. They're going to have a lot of room to work with up high. But if we take away Berger on a Pasternak, it makes it that much tougher for them to score. Having a guy like Orlov who can bomb, like bomb the puck from up high <laughs> at least gives you a different dynamic in that spot, right? Whether it's, again, uh, a puck getting through and into the back of the net, obviously, but uh, you look at his shot, Orlov, it seems like it has – he has a pretty good knack for at least finding finding in and around the net. So if it leads to a tip or a rebound for a guy like DeBrusque or even a puck that gets past kind of that body of skaters to the net front guy like DeBrusque who can recover and it leads to that kind of – you know, the power play is all about, I think, about creating chaos. Like it's controlled chaos if you're a team like the Bruins in terms of how they're able to kind of capitalize against teams. So I'd be curious to see how a guy like Orlov um, does it to give him a little bit more reps in that regard. And if not him, again, we know what McAvoy can do there, but I wouldn't be surprised if they also take a look at Lindholm again, who, um, again, it's kind of like the jack of all trades. Like, doesn't have a shot like Orlov, but can move the puck really well. Great lateral uh, lateral skater as well. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a look because you'll get probably when the Bruins power play was at its best early on in the year. 
probably when Lindholm was the guy running the thing up high. So I wouldn't when be McAvoy surprised. McAvoy was injured. <laughs> exactly. Like you've got, again, it's what we talked about in terms of the Bruins ongoing search to find these six defensemen. It's a good problem to have in terms of like, oh, all right, I guess Orlov's not working. Let's go to Lindholm. Like it's, you know, they, and again, if that doesn't work, screw it. Like Matt Grizzly, who also is a good puck mover as well. Like they have plenty of guys that fit the mold in terms of who you want to be up at the blue line running that power play. Just, I think, finding the right fit and taking it from there. And you also mentioned teams taking away Bergeron and Pasternak or whoever's in the right shot for the one-timer. Uh, and it also comes down to, you know, who's going to be in the net, you know, the net front guy. You know, DeBrusque has almost made a living doing that in his career so far. You know, how is Martian? Can Martian convert um, from that, you know, bottom right uh, corner of the zone? Um, you know, can whoever's at the top of the point get shots through and get them potentially tipped? So, I mean, again, I, I think... As we said, there's time left in the season for this to be an issue, you know, or for this to for them to sort this out. Also, again, I, I I hate when people I don't love when people do like the oh my god, this is just like 2011 vibes. But the 2011 power play wasn't great. Now again, different era of hockey, yeah, different different time. It does, does feel like a different era. Like it, yes. it is something where it's <laughs> it's only been you know a little over a decade, but very different the way the game I think is played now. But I'm sorry, I interrupted. No, you. you're but you're right, and that's what I mean. And so I think now. Um, you know, there is a little bit more reliance on the power play, but they are getting better five on five scoring. Uh, they play a lot faster. So the power play isn't uh, is, is uh, dire, but it is tough watching them get power play after power play and just not convert. Krejci, though, the other night against Edmonton did have a power play goal, but it was nixed off the board uh, because of an offsides like 30 seconds before. 30 seconds before. Yeah. <laughs> it was just incredible. Love, love yeah. yeah. Terrific rule. But I mean, there is time. I, again, I do believe uh, there's time with this power play. Uh, because again, I don't think it's, it's a huge issue. Um, and you know, again, you don't, have to, it's not like you have to run Thomas Caberlet out there to run your power play. You know, you got Orloff, you got Lindholm, you got McAvoy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jim Montgomery playing with his lines a lot, different guys in different places. It's that time of year. You have to figure out what you have. Uh, and that is, I think what he's trying to do. You saw uh, Pavel Zaka down with Charlie Coyle for a bit. You saw Bertuzzi up with David Krejci uh, on the second line. You saw Tyler Bertuzzi up with um, Bergeron Marchand um, on the first line in Sunday's game. You saw Jake DeBrusque move down lines. It uh, feels like those are the three players all left shot feels like those are the three that will move the most. Now, again, if the Bruins are down in a playoff game and they're down a goal or two or they need some offense, yeah, you're going to put Marsha and Bergeron Pasternak back together. Uh, but for trying to figure things out with the lines, I think we've all gotten very stable with Marsha and Bergeron DeBrusque and Zaka, Krejci, uh, Pasternak, Bertuzzi, Coyle, Frederick. But it's not a bad idea to switch things up, see what you got. Yeah, exactly. I think when you look, especially there's so many other moving paths too that you look at like Taylor Hall, which we talked about before in terms of when he's coming back. If it's before the regular season ends, then you have to figure out where he best fits. Is it Coyle, Hall, Bertuzzi, which that's a pretty scary third line. Like, <laughs> you, you know, at this point you still, I think you have to find out where a guy like Bertuzzi best fits. It is tough though. Cause you look at it, right. And like, as you said, the Bruins won 
have a playoff spot locked up. They should win the Atlantic division. Like they are still, I think 11 points clear of Carolina and New Jersey. Like they're, they're going well right now. They have the leeway to experiment with those lines, but it is funny how uh, against Detroit on Sunday, Montgomery kind of switches things up and then who ends up kind of scoring a lot of their goals or producing a lot of their goals is kind of some of the same tried and true guys. Like the gets bumped down, gets put back up with Bergeron and Martian and scores that goal. He sco- it scores a goal again off that same move that he always does. The teams will always fall for every single time. It's I don't like Chris Wagner. I mean, I, I it's understand. like Chris Wagner going five hole. It's like the same yes. move every time, and it always works. I understand that goalies are locked in the moment, but I'm surprised, like on a breakaway or in a shootout, the goalie's not like, all right, Jake DeBrusque loves flipping it blocker side. Let me make yeah. sure that's all stable. You know, I know it was a breakaway yeah. and it's fast, but I'm surprised Billy Huso and other goalies haven't picked up on that. Yeah. So, so again, DeBrusque gets back up to that spot after getting bumped down a little bit and responds, which is good to see. I think it's his first goal in eight games. And again, a little bit of a lull for him, but all in consider, I think it's a safe to assume that that line is going to stay together for most of the postseason. Bertuzzi hasn't really produced maybe in terms of tangible goals yet, but I still like the chances he's generating with Coyle. Um, got a few looks, Bertuzzi with, with Krejci's line. But again, they go back to Zaka, Krejci, Bostronok. And they account for two five-on-five goals, right? Like, it's throwing things where, yeah, Montgomery has the leeway, but you look at the, the top six, that those lines they've rolled with for most of the last couple of months, works out pretty well. It's just all about finding, I think, Bertuzzi and getting him going, which, again, it seems like it will be with Coyle, especially if Paul comes back. Um, but until then, it's kind of an ongoing kind of situation of just figure out where to best maximize Bertuzzi's talents. Because you can see it, like, the way he – reads the ice a few of his passes have been really good in terms of setting up some great a looks just hasn't really been there yet but again maybe you put Bertuzzi up a little bit higher for a couple of games and get him going offensively because he's with someone like Bergeron or Krejci but you don't want it to be maybe a permanent thing just because I think you've seen what that top six has done already this year really thought Bertuzzi was gonna get his first goals against his yeah. former team I really thought that was what's gonna be but I mean again you mentioned it like it just feels like he's doing the right things just isn't producing and again that's fine you you know i think people expect deadline acquisitions to walk right in and immediately like dimitri orloff right orloff walks yeah. in wins first star of the week you know that doesn't happen typically there is a period where guys were adjusting to their new team and tyler bertuzzi is adjusting um give it some time as you said 17 games left at some point he's going to produce you go back to 2019 right johansson was not producing a ton during the regular season of memory serves i don't even know if Coyle was um, yeah. but then in the playoffs, it turned it on. So again, guy like Bertuzzi has the tools, um, plays that way. He does. It's funny. Like the way DeBrusque plays Bertuzzi does kind of make sense with Bergeron and Marshan. Um, but again, DeBrusque is there, you know, DeBrusque has not typically worked on the third line full time with coil. So again, to me, I think, you know, Bertuzzi makes sense up on that first line, but DeBrusque has just worked well and has fit alongside them for such a longer period of time. So well, um, and then that second line, Zaka, Krejci, Pasternak. That's hard to break that one up. That that you know, you know what you're, work. yeah, you know what you're getting with that line. And again, they are the line that trades chances a little bit more. But again, it's almost the same with like Pasternak, where again, brutal turnover, not great on that shorthanded <laughs> goal. We know that we can accept that, but you take it based on what you're going to get down the other end of the ice, which more likely than not is going to be a lot more goals in the Bruins' favor, right? So again, I think even if that Krejci uh, Pasternak Zaka line does play a little bit more loosey goosey style. A lot of those that <laughs> risk taking and gambling is going to lead to a lot more goals for the Bruins. Loosey goosey, the loosey goosey yes. style. Yeah, such a great, uh, such a great analogy. 
So, uh, Connor, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, the Bruins are in the playoffs. They have clinched. They are in. First round tickets went on sale. And oh boy, the resale market. Really bad. (laughs) Really bad. And you look at, I mean, you know, Ty Anderson tweeted out uh, the pictures of the the prices for balcony seats in the first round. Uh, It's exorbitant. I don't, and Ty Anderson, credit to him, texted both of us and said, I think it might actually be cheaper for some fans to go to the away team and travel than it will be to go to some of these games. And the Bruins don't have control over the, uh, like what it sells for on, um, you know, some of the secondary ticket apps. Um, But this is going to be tough. I think for a lot of just normal people, they're going to look at those ticket prices and go, hell no. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's and again, it is statement on capitalism. No, we're not getting into the economic. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. We're but, not doing that. But, <laughs> but no, as you said, yeah, it is. Uh, it'll be curious to see how the dynamics are for the playoffs, because let's face it, this is not like an indictment on Bruins fans. And as people who are diehard fans who be going to these games and are season ticket holders that have been that would give up everything to go support the team in person person that's not a statement and on them but god bless those I, people <laughs> yeah yeah uh, but when you look at uh you know ty even mentioned this before like the further you got into the playoffs of 2019 like the the more expensive the tickets were the more you have the it's almost like when they said like yankee stadium right like old yankee stadium uh it was so much louder and raucous compared to like the new like bougie yankee stadium like you do hope that it doesn't get a situation where ticket prices go up the, the more casual fans uh, go in and it doesn't have remotely the same on ice, uh, you know, home advantage for the Bruins. I mean, we've, I think, both seen it, especially in some of those first round matchups against Toronto over the years, like how loud that building can be. Um, so, again, it's not much you can do with, do if you're the Bruins in terms of just what the resale value are on these tickets. But yeah, it is something that is worth monitoring over, like, if this team goes deep, like just how it impacts the, the crowd level and stuff like that. Cause it's a lot more loud. Brock is dedicated Bruins fans who are probably going to be in the outside looking in uh, at the garden for a few of those playoff games, which is a shame. Which is unfortunate. And again, I mean, I remember, and you remember this well too, in 2019, they had that, um, the scrimmage, the inter-squad scrimmage, because they had that long break yeah. in between the, the the Eastern Conference final and the cup. I think they let fans in for like five or 10 bucks. It was not, I mean, it was Loud as hell. affordable as hell. Inter-squad scrimmage, that place was A, sold out, be loud as anything. I mean, just crazy loud. Um, and are you know, rivaled any Stanley Cup game and any game from that playoff run. So hopefully there's, you know, hopefully some fans can find their way, you know, some some you know, diehards or whatever can find their way. And again, there are gonna be people who see the resale value on these and say, I don't care. And and they're just gonna pay it. And g- good for you. I mean, I'm not like this is not telling you what to do. Um, but the prices are insane. Um, but I mean, this kind of goes back to this is a team that people think is going to be the team. Like this is the team with the run. This could be potentially Bergeron's last dance, Krejci's, Um, you know, they want people want to see the band still together. Um, so again, the, it, it makes sense. I guess why they're going as high as they are. Hopefully they go down a bit. It's like when Taylor Swift tickets came out and they were like, you know, uh, selling for so much. One of my, you know, I, I was fortunate to get a couple and people were like, you got to resell those and make a ton off of them. I'm like, no, like, I, like I'm with people who actually want to go to 
Yeah, bring my, bring in my Swifty squad. Yeah, yeah, bring in the Swifty squad. Um, I by the way, this makes me uh, think ahead. Um, that is, I think, in late May. Uh-oh. Uh oh. So, uh oh, is well, damn at right. least at least she's not at the garden. It's messing up like the Bruins playoff schedule. Don't forget when Cher caused a ruckus. Ooh, how can we Don't forget? forget Yes, of course. Bruce Cassidy wasn't do, there watching that. Do Do you believe the Bruins had four <laughs> days off in between home games because of shares? So again, we'll see what happens. You get into the summer months, th- that schedule can get a little wonky. And don't forget, also, Celtics are also going on a run. So that too. Be, the ice, the ice is going to be. Uh, you know the the picture of Jimmy Butler where he's like exhausted <laughs> like that. That's going to be the Bruins' ice. It's going to be the ice of the gods Ooh. if they get into June. That ice, it's going to be fogging up the glass. Ooh, that's going to be tough. I'm only thinking this Sunday, actually, um, is um, the MIAA State Tournament. It's all day. Games from 9 a.m. until 7.30 at night. I will be there for, I believe, every single game, um, which is <laughs> wild. Um, but the ice, by the end of it, should be quite interesting. Uh, quite interesting down there. By the way, speaking of the Celtics and Bruins, there is a... Um, a mass super boost bet on FanDuel you can make um, to bet uh, both if if one you know wins both. So um, go do that again. This episode brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Connor, before you go, what can people look forward to from you over at Boston.com? Yeah, we're going to have you covered every step of the way this Bruin season with game recaps, columns, features, uh, breakdowns, all that stuff throughout this Bruin season. So please uh, read our stuff over at Boston.com. Of course, we have you covered on everything that's happening in Boston sports, whether that's Patriots, free agency, Red Sox, Celtics, everything. Uh, so please go over there and read everything we have over at Boston.com. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. Make sure to subscribe to New England Hockey Journal. That is Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins Pete listeners have a great rest of your week. Mm-hmm.